grace, mercy, and peace to you. From the word made flesh and came in the guise of a child in Bethlehem. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. John the Baptist is an amazing character, isn't he? Not what we would expect as we come to Christmas, especially on the Sunday's theme of joy. You brood of vipers. Okay. So what if Riding atop the last float in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade, there was not jolly old Saint Nick, but a wild-eyed John the Baptist dressed in a glorified burlap sack. Even the perpetual perky Savannah Guthrie would wince as she offers parade commentary, not quite sure what to say about this guy on the float. What do you guys think? Was John preaching good news? I wonder. Actually, I think it was and is good news because John, in his unique way, was saying there is hope for us that despite all the evidence to the contrary, we are not stuck with our worst selves. We, believe it or not, can change. We can be better. Better, perhaps, than we ever thought possible. And I, for one, think that is good news indeed. So spend a few minutes with me looking carefully at John's message. The heart of it is repentance. Now that's a good $2 churchy word that many people may not know. Not only being sorry for our sins, but sorry enough to quit. The Greek behind the word repentance reflects a changing of the mind, a 180-degree shift. At Actors Theater of Louisville right now, and for the last probably 50 years, you can see Scrooge, a metaphor for someone who is mean-spirited, miserly, and miserable. But the Scrooge of Dickens' Christmas Carol did what? He changed. He, he changed. He repented. And by the end of the story, becomes a generous, warm-hearted benefactor. But why is it that all we remember is the rotten in him? Is it because the world remains unconvinced of the possibility of change? If no one else can change, well, neither should I be expected to change. But John the Baptist says, wrong. And John is not content with someone saying, sorry, don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. John says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, 
Your talk might declare that you have cleaned up your act, repented, but your walk will actually show it. Then John says, do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can create children for Abraham. Don't say, this doesn't apply to me. I am a church member. I've been a church member all my life. I'm okay. John says, don't dare say, I read my Bible and pray every day. I'm at church every time the doors are open. John's not talking to me. Maybe, but maybe not. The truth is that more folks than we care to admit sow their wild oats for six days a week. Then on the seventh day, come into church to pray for a crop failure. John's message is that your religion must make a difference in the way you live in the world and the way you treat people. God is interested in your fruits, not your roots. Okay, we buy that. We buy it, John. Now what? To John's credit, he does not hesitate. The man with two tunics should share with him who has none. And the one who has food should do the same. I just heard this phrase this week at the UCHM clergy meeting. I think it comes from our Baptist brothers and sisters, especially in Texas. <laughs> Basically, John has now stopped preaching and gone to meddling. Had anybody else heard of that before? I, it's the first time I'd ever heard that phrase stopped preaching and gone to meddling. It's one thing to stand in the pulpit and rail against sin, injustice, oppression. Everyone shouts, Amen! Hallelujah! Preach, brother! But it's quite another to tell folks to start giving their stuff away. <laughs> that is meddling. John says, Again, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. That does fly in the face of the way we celebrate Christmas, doesn't it? How many new coats will be under the tree this year? How, many, how much feasting will go on? When we who have plenty of food share it with someone who is hungry, I've heard it say, said, it is easier to walk your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of walking. Yep. We say that again for other people other than Gertie. <laughs> and Lori, thank you. It is easier to walk your way into a new way of thinking than it is to think your way into a new way of walking. And to that, John that Baptist would say, Amen. Amen. John's message, basically good advice, solid, reasonable, for those who were serious about leading lives 
and would please God what John had to say offered hope. His suggestions were not beyond the reach of anyone, really. Perhaps that is why he made such a profound impression on the crowd. Could John be the Messiah, the anointed one? The one who would lead the chosen people back to the greatness of King David's day? No, John says. One more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Ready or not, here comes Jesus. Are there things in our lives that need change? Are there people who have been neglected who need our love? Has life become too hectic? That's why we need Advent. Not to count shopping days, but for reflection, for introspection, for taking spiritual inventory, and yes, even for that dirty word of change. Ready or not, here he comes. Are you ready? For those who are, I have good news indeed. Because those changes in our lives bring with them something wonderful. Can you imagine when I was counting the gift cards? 25, 30, 35, wow, we may actually, we might actually hit 50. 45, 50, wait a minute, there's still more. I'm five foot seven and suddenly I felt six foot tall. Because this congregation that I love so much, where the attendance is half of what it was in the spring, gave 66 gift cards. Someone do the math, 66 times 25. I'm not good at math. 1,500. 1,600. Well, nobody's checking. I could be way off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not David's math, is it? No. 1,650. Okay. Thank you. Thank goodness for smartphones. <laughs> I mean, do you feel good about that? Yes. The woman, the woman from Crescent Hill said, she said, I can't believe you guys gave 66 gift cards. She said, I expected like four or five. I was like, you don't know us. Amen. <laughs> you don't know us. I might feel six feet tall, but I'm incredibly humbled by your generosity. Change, change indeed. When we have plenty of food, we don't build a higher wall, we find a bigger table. You found a bigger table by giving 66 gift cards. No wonder the Apostle Paul could write to the Philippians and tell them to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, 
rejoice. The Lord is near. Ready or not, here he comes. And the Lord's nearness results in what Paul calls peace that transcends understanding. We're not rich people in this room. We're just not. I mean, I wish we had some multi-millionaires in the congregation. That would be really helpful. <laughs> Why did you give 66 gift cards? That transcends logic. Rejoice. And I say again, rejoice. Now be alert for the signs that this transcendence brings. They come up on you like, well, like joyous floats rounding the corner of our own Macy's Day Parade. And unmistakable ability to actually enjoy each moment. Uh, could care less interest in judging other people. Even less interest in conflict. A sudden inability to worry. Frequent, overwhelming episodes of appreciation. Unexpected attacks of smiling. An increased susceptibility to the love extended by others, as well as the uncontrollable urge to actually pass it on. <clears throat> the parade rolls on and leaves you finally with <coughs> the peace that transcends understanding. Happy holidays indeed. One final time. Are you ready? Well, yes. Ready or not, he's coming. Here he comes. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.